Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is that those sci-fi guys show. Just two working dudes, different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. <laughs> You're such a fucking goofball. You screwed this whole thing up. I'm about to burp. I'm sorry. I'm trying to hold it in. <laughs> we're your hosts. I am P.S. McKay. Coming to you. Correction. He's P.U. McKay. Yeah, P.S. McKay. Coming to you from sunny. I don't know, a state that's actually doing an election today. So, here we are. And I'm deep. Uh, there it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's it, folks. Have a good night. <laughs> I'm DT Cavman, and I hit mute. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just... I'm not sorry, actually. No, I'm, why would I be sorry? Well, sitting <laughs> when we do Star Trek and you and your gaseous anomalies. Mm-hmm. I thought they were big, giant, flaming balls of gas. Well, the, you, they're all giant, flaming balls of gas. What movie? Come on, get started. Lion King. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you screwed up the line. What is it? Like you're always thinking about gas. Or why is it always gas with you? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. It's always gas. You're always thinking about gas. That's what it is. So, all right, DT, Cavman. I haven't really decided if I should be calling you Cavman or DT. Like, we've decided you're calling calling me Mac. You've been calling me DT. Yeah, I know. Feels forced. Everything feels forced. The Nanda Plumes were your idea. Of course they were. But (laughs) I don't need anyone to know that I'm in Oregon. They know you're lying because you said sunny. Oh, that's true. It's only sunny there for like three days out of the year. Um, Well, today could have been that day because it's 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 primary. It's primary day. Oh, I'm already getting on your nerves, Matt. <laughs> I don't care if it's secondary going. day or tertiary day. Let's get moving. Yeah. All right. Uh, tertiary adjunct 001. Um, that sounds reference. Borgish. Yeah, it was. Um, all right. So how are things going, Matt? Things are going okay now, but I get the family here soon, so that'll be great. Swimming. I'm really glad that that's going to happen soon. It feels like forever and a day that you've been in this this, this purgatory. Yeah, I I feel like the last 10 years I've generally lived in purgatory with periodic (laughs) breaks of normalcy. Well, that's good. And, and, uh, well, at least you get the summer and everything and, you know, you'll be able to access the beaches and stuff. I don't know. Are you beach, you guys a beach family? Uh, well, I'm a big fan of it. The kid likes it. Uh, my wife is fan of being by the water, but not in it. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, See? none of us like sand. It's 
dry and coarse and gets in everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not as hating on that line as most people think. I, I mean, I'm okay Look, with dude, it. anybody who's deployed to the Middle East might <laughs> feel the exact same way. Exactly. Uh, but I don't know. It was just, a, it was a bit of a flat delivery. Well, that's the problem. You, uh, all of Lucas's writing is a bit flat. So it's Not a minor miracle it. to get through all that stuff. Even Samuel L. Jackson. 65%. So. Well, well I'm I mean, it was Disney. It was Star Wars. Even before Disney, Sam Jackson couldn't have just said, use the force, motherfucker. <laughs> that ain't going to work. All right. Here you go. Did I stutter? <laughs> no, no, no. Here you go. Does Master Yoda look like a bitch? Huh? What? <laughs> Does Master Yoda look like a bitch? No. Then why are you trying to fuck him like one? Oh, my God. <laughs> I am tired of these motherfucking cysts on this motherfucking Death Star. Oh, wow. Wow, do you... <laughs> Which you, lightsaber is yours, Master Windu? It's the one that says bad motherfucker on it. Which apparently <laughs> it had BMF on it. Oh, sure. <laughs> that didn't actually have bad motherfucker on it. They, I think uh, they did actually get the BMF, though, in it. Nice. And, did they do it in, like, the, the uh, Republic script or whatever it was? In the Arabash? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that'd be no, another seriously, level. man. I, I had this bit for 20 years. I was like, I want all of Samuel L. Jackson's best lines from all of his other movies in Star Wars. <laughs> you know, the scene from uh, the courtroom scene from Rules of Engagement. They were killing my Jedi. Or from, uh, what was it, A Time to Kill? Master Windu, do you believe the Sith Lords deserve to die? Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> and I already did the snakes on the plane. You did. You did. Or it would have been really good, his line from Jurassic Park, when they're going into the Senate. Hold on Hold to on your, your butts. butts. Yeah, that's that could a good have flown, one. That could have flown through. That one could have flown through. When did, when did Samuel L. Jackson actually Blue make milk. his... Yeah, nice. When did he actually make his name? Like... Because he was in Coming to America as like a bit bit part as as the robber, right? He, um, he's been but he was around. He was in Goodfellas in like a bit role too. That I, was ninety five, right? I want to say it was like it. I think Pulp Fiction might have been one of the movies that really kind of catapulted him to like. That was ninety four because Jurassic Park was ninety three, and I didn't recognize. Yeah, <laughs> he. <him. laughs> He played opposite Emilio Estevez in Loaded Weapon 1, the buddy cop spoof. No, that was him? Yeah, it was him and Emilio Oh, my Estevez. God, you're right. You're right, because I remember <laughs> Emilio Estevez breaks into his house, goes up the stairs, kicks open the bathroom door. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm and taking Samuel a shit. Jackson, he's like, nothing. Taking a shit. <laughs> well, it was like the bomb in the toilet from whatever it was. Either Lethal Weapon or Lethal Weapon 2. What, 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 what was that? What was that movie again? Oh, shoot. Loaded Weapon 1. Yeah, Loaded Weapon 1. 
gosh. That's right. That was 1993. So I guess his like big transition was 92. Yeah, I mean, he, he'd been in plenty of stuff, but, you know, he then went into Pulp Fiction and, uh, gosh, he was already was a, in his Oh, and then Die Hard with a Vengeance. And oh, yeah, that was 93. So, okay, yeah, so, he was wow. really picking up steam, and then, you know, then all these string of hits he started coming in, and. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's what we got. Oh, he was in Patriot Games. That was 92. But, yeah, that's interesting. Um, he was in The Return of Superfly. Interesting. Okay, well, yeah, okay, he was in Goodfellas. That was 1990. Yeah, a small role. Small part. Okay, it so was, we could probably say than his, it wasn't probably a whole. It, I mean, I think the Jurassic Park one was a little bigger. So he yeah, I'd say that disen, he has been disemboweled by a Velociraptor, eaten by a shark, sliced up by a Sith, dismembered yeah. by a Velociraptor. Whatever. It's all the same. I mean, he still gets eaten, but yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And he loses an eye to an internet intergalactic space cat. Yeah, that's true. Loses his hands to uh, a, <laughs> a politician from Naboo. <laughs> uh, it was Anakin who chopped off his arm. Oh, it was? Oh, yeah, that's right. Both his hands, wasn't it? It was both now, his that hands was that were gone. When Anakin killed Dooku. Uh, First, he literally disarmed him by taking off both of his hands, and then Palpatine's like, do it, and he uses the lightsabers <laughs> like scissors. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. You know, oh, you good old what? Samuel L. Jackson. Really... He needs to be declared a national treasure. If you've ever listened to him read, go the fuck to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... I don't need to because I have I, I can hear it in my head. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know I, I gotta say, Lucasfilm really screwed the pooch on on some good uh, cross marketing. I remember in uh, <laughs> after after Revenge of the Sith, they should have had Ian McDermott as Palpatine going. Do it and holding up a big can of Mountain Dew. Oh <laughs> my God! Oh, geez, it's so meme worthy. They could pull it off now, and it would be huge. Uh, and you go back to 1999. You go, well, what's a meme? <laughs> I don't think I don't think memes were even a, a thing until 2007, eight. Probably not. Yeah. Shoot. By the way, have you been watching Kenobi? Uh, yes, I have. It, I very much enjoyed it. Okay. Because uh, I've been enjoying it, too. But I, I hear, like, there there's a lot of people calling this the next uh, uh, <laughs> Last Jedi. 
I can understand their parallels behind it, but I don't, I'm not seeing it play out that way just yet. Why? Because he's reluctant. The dude's been wallowing in his failure. I mean, all I'm waiting for is for somebody to go ahead and uh, put that, um, that video clip of George Lucas going, it's, uh, it's, it's circular. It's like puppetry. (laughs) No, I mean, I get it. My understanding is that Obi-Wan is reluctant because he doesn't want he doesn't want the Empire to be able to trace him because he's a force user, you know? He and doesn't so he's, want he's to trying to keep to himself. Huh? huh? He doesn't want to lead them to Luke either. Because no, you can yeah, see he's exactly. so much conflicted. He doesn't want to use the force per se, but he he straight up told Owen that he, he feels Luke should be trained when he's old enough. That's when Owen sends that sick burn his way. You mean like you trained his father? <laughs> yeah. To which Obi-Wan was which thinking, that was a burn. one day you'll get burned even worse. It's like, oh, God. Oh, we don't know if he was on that planet. We don't know if he was on Alderaan. Who? Uh, Jimmy Smith's. No, I was talking about Owen. Senator Organa. No, Owen Lars. Oh, Owen. Oh, yeah, he will get burned. He'll be one of the only few that actually gets accurately shot by the stormtroopers. There, there's a fan theory that Boba Fett was the one who destroyed the Lars homestead, which is why Vader later goes, no disintegrations. Huh. We'd have to see that play out, wouldn't we? Which we never will. <laughs> so, actually, I think us talking about Samuel L. Jackson was, it a pre- was a pretty appropriate segue into what we're talking about tonight. Uh, the most it's badass motherfuckers in, in, in science fiction? Because that sure. should be one. That should be an episode we do. <laughs> sure. Well, then that means that we have to put uh, Norm Macdonald as Yafit in there. Because he's yeah, Norm Macdonald. Let me, let me say this. When I heard his voice in that stupid green blob, I chuckled. <laughs> I mean, they didn't even close with it. They opened with for Norm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, the Orville, everyone. The Orville just I recently, honestly think uh, Seth MacFarlane premiered. kind of jinxed him in the first place. He cast him as death. <laughs> it took twenty. It took twenty-five years, but he cast him. Cast him as death. Oh, don't say that. That means it's yeah. all. It was almost twenty-five years ago. <laughs> hey, look. I, I'm just. I'm, I'm. I'm teasing about that, but it. Kind of did warm my heart a little bit. Uh, speaking of Norm, I did watch the his last quote unquote Netflix special. Yeah, the nothing special. Yeah, where it's just him being Norm, <laughs> his home computer. Yeah, the which was fun in and of itself. Just it, it was like Norm could hear the audience in his mind. He he did the whoa stop you know. I don't know what you guys are thinking that he liked to do in his shows in the middle of it. I love how he just 
answers the phone. He's like, I'm taping a comedy special. (laughs) (laughs) But listening to his friends and, and the fellow comedians just talk about him afterwards for like a half an hour. Yeah. Plus was just awesome. It's uh it's a it's such a damn shame that he had to record that in the height of the pandemic. I know. I, I know. I mean it's it's a time capsule for for what everything it was, but man, I mean if we could have gotten that in front of like a huge, you know, 3000 audience or something, uh that would have been it would have been priceless. Yeah. So but the Orville is back. Obi Wan Kenobi is kicking. Ugh. We have strange new worlds going on. To be honest with you, we, while all if any of you still watch network television, while all of that is <laughs> streaming service sci-fi is kicking ass right now. It really is. Uh, which irritates the hell out of me because come on regular tv you, you had a chance and you honestly blew. i've watched as uh, as much regular tv this year as i've had in a long time we haven't we got we f- went full off the rails when it came to watching regular television i'm not in charge of the tv anymore so <laughs> so i have Were my laptop ever? no no, I had the I had the TiVo back in, you know, 04 and I had it, you know, all my stuff, all my season passes all set up and it suggested certain shows that catered to my taste and then the misses got involved. And then suddenly um you know, love it or list it or flip this house or uh, or <laughs> all right, down boy, you know? down. Uh yeah, all those the Martha Stewart project, uh, all of that. So, the subject. What is the subject of today? The subject of today is. Well, I think you kind of tipped it off a little bit. We were talking about Sam Jackson as Mace Windu. Who well, that was my point of the segue. Was was you know we're talking about fans, celebrity fans, who got to cameo, guest star, even star in franchises. Right. So, and we're talking so celebrity fans of said franchise. Yeah, uh, of yeah, yeah, of the various franchises, correct. Oh, DT, I'm losing you. Hold said, on, I'm turning off my camera. Hopefully that'll help. You there? Yeah, I am. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. I'm turning off my camera. Hopefully that'll help. Okay. Run, running short. Running short on Ugh. bandwidth, my friend. Nope. It's all a poor connection. Uh, there. Any better? Well, it sounds better. Well, I, I. I played with my uh, microphone. Editing point. And resume. All right. I think uh, I think we're doing better now. Okay. All right. So the various uh, celebrity who got a chance to star in various franchises. 
cameos, guest stars, even starring roles. And, you know, we, we know Samuel L. Jackson got into, got into Star Wars. He made some demands for his purple lightsaber, rumors that it may or may not have had bad motherfucker on it. <laughs> BMF somewhere. Right. But, amongst others, why don't you rattle off one or two? Okay, so if the, the, the concept is we're talking about celebrities that are fans of said franchise and wanted to be on there. You know? Yes. All right, so I'm going to do an easy one at first. Kelsey Grammer. I'm listening. <laughs> was able to uh, do a, a guest appearance in um, Cause and Effect. Wait, was it Cause and Effect? I believe so. Because what was the episode? What was the name of the episode with the warp wave, where they realized that the that the warp drive was no the one where the the, the warp drive was destroying the fabric of the, oh I uh, don't remember time. cause and effect is is the one that where there's caught the in a trap a time loop caught in a trap yeah oh no you can't get out uh oh <laughs> just don't, like Aaron don't say the next line. <laughs> Um. Okay. Yes. Cause and effect. He was the captain of of the Miranda class ship that comes out and actually <laughs> just Soya's into... class is what they called it. It was. Just oh, was a it a Soyuz class? Mm-hmm. What made it a Soyuz class? They added a whole bunch of extra shit on the back and kit bashing plus. <laughs> did, <laughs> did they add a spoiler to the back? Was that what the difference was? Miranda class already had a spoiler. They added like pods up and below. Back. It just look okay. it up. I'd believe you. I just uh... <laughs> but yes, he was the captain. And that, that was a pretty destroyed cool the crap out of the Enterprise multiple times, by the way. I think he's the most I think he's probably responsible for the most deaths of the Federation. Outside of the Borg. Outside of the Borg, yeah. I, uh, the the one fed, Federation captain or the the one Starfleet captain is that's responsible for the most Starfleet deaths. Yeah. Well, <laughs> still it was a neat cameo. One of several Cheers alums who have been in Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Well, you say Cheers alum, I say Fraser alum, but yeah, you're right. But, but but not will, Cliff. Cliff was in Empire Strikes Back. Wait, was he? Yeah. As what? He was just a like a kind of a background role in as a rebel in the Hoth base. And he was a, a he was a Star Wars fan. No, this was before he was big. This was just him as a lunch pail <laughs> kind of day yeah. day late, day actor. Right. So, I'm just saying. And Kirstie Alley doesn't count here because Star Trek II was her breakout role. It was. I think she became a Star Trek fan later, but I don't think she knew what Star Trek was very well. Well, let's talk about a huge Star Trek fan who got to have a fairly significant role on Star Trek. I have a guess, but you do it. 
You may love her. You nope. may hate her. Everybody loves her character. Whoopi Goldberg as Guinan. I was just talking about this with the missus the other day. I love Guinan so much. I think like the only she, person who doesn't love Guinan is Q. She had so much wisdom for a young McKay that <laughs> no, I just took it to you heart. You don't laugh. I've heard Klingon belly laughs that could curl your hair. Oh my god! Jeez. Oh my god! Out no. shooting in the <laughs> I know range. I understand. I understand. But yeah, um, I love Guinan as she was such a great mentor slash just a fountain of wisdom to everyone. Yeah, to everyone. I mean, she was literally the better ship's counselor than Troy. I think that's more based on writing as opposed to if they had actually given Deanna a chance. True. I mean, supposedly she was a very, Deanna was a very accomplished counselor, but we've discussed this. Um, but Whoopi, Whoopi, in the, at least the view Whoopi, and I think this is contrived by the producers, is a very, how shall we say, controversial character. Yeah. Everyone on that show is supposed to act controversial, I think. It's cooked, by the way. It's all cooked. No kidding. But she was a huge fan of Star Trek, and I think right off of, I think, her Academy Award win for Ghost. And she's like, I think she's like saying, I, I want to be on Star Trek. Nobody took it seriously. And she's like, yeah. no, I, I really do. Now, yeah. so she, 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 you know, was a stand-up, and then she started having some pretty decent movie success in the 80s. And <laughs> I think she had to, like, talk LeVar Burton into, like, vouching for her. She did. She Because <laughs> they were friends, and she had to have him put a good name in. <laughs> no, no, Gene, she's actually serious, dude. Oh. Yeah. I think it's in my captain's log books that I just bought from way back in the day. There's a story in there about that. Well, and, of course, she... Tells the story that she, as a young kid, like saw Michelle Nichols on the original Star Trek and was like, hey, look, uh, there's a black lady on television. She isn't a maid. (laughs) What a horrible, what a horrible thing to have to like. Oh, I know. uh, Well, I don't know, but. I know. Well, exactly. I mean, it's just to to see. I mean, it's wonderful that there was that realization there. And and I'm happy for this country for that. Really am. Well, I mean, and of course, not only did she, she didn't get to come, I mean, she wasn't coming in to become a regular character. Uh, you know, she came in as a very valued recurring guest star who usually had neat things to do in various episodes as well as a couple of uh you know minor film appearances mm-hmm. before actually having a fairly substantial part in a card season two well the character of Guinan had a substantial Correct. part she had a cameo <laughs> she had 
two bookend cameos. Yeah, <laughs> that but, they filmed in a day, in sure. between in between episodes of The View. So, <laughs> but there you go. EGOT winner Whoopi Goldberg, huge Star Trek fan, got to be on Star Trek. Yes. All right, I've got one. Sure. Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane mm-hmm. had two had a had a two episodes as a young ensign named Rivers, who first worked on Enterprise and then on Columbia. He was a junior engineer working That's for right. Trip on both ships. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was in the fourth season, right? Correct. Uh, yeah, and he and he was such a Star Trek fan. He he decided to make his own Star Trek. <laughs> but he was a rabid Star Trek fan, which of course you see through all of his, you know, the the numerous Star Trek cutaway gags and references and guest stars of Star Trek actors on his shows. Well, you know, Seth MacFarlane, who has not only had numerous Star Trek actors cameo guest star hell even patrick stewart was a recurring character on american dad he had the I whole mean, cast of the tng in one in one um throw uh a cutoff scene <laughs> to, no he had him in an entire episode of b plot so i mean plenty of cutaway <laughs> gags uh so obviously we know huge star trek fan and yes he he was such a fan he has created his own star trek show which a lot of people like even more than a lot of the other trek series and it only gets better with each passing season and i gotta say like i was so completely satisfied with the orville new horizons first episode not not that this is a review episode of that but they didn't shy away from commentary but it was especially poignant nowadays. Agreed. Agreed. So, but Seth MacFarlane got to be able to live the dream, put on the yeah. uniform and be, <laughs> be, be on the set, which I don't know about you, but when I moved out to California, uh, that was an ongoing like fantasy of mine to be able to, you know, be a, a guest, you know, ca- you know, background member on on the show. Oh, Star Trek show. Oh, yeah. So many people were, especially in some of the later series, too. But I mean, let, let's just rattle off a few people who had, you know, cameos, huge fans. Mick Fleetwood actually shaved off his signature beard to go unseen <laughs> under fish alien makeup. <laughs> yes. And- Season one, you have mm-hmm. uh, flea. Well, maybe, see, flea, flea, dude has shown up in everything. <laughs> flea was an Obi Wan Kenobi last week. That's he why it was so horrible. top of my mind, dude. I think he actually went into that blade balls first, <laughs> just based on the facial expressions. <laughs> but I mean, was flea in? He was in a Star Trek episode, wasn't he? I thought he was. I might be mixing him up with that other guy that played the Vorta. Um, Iggy Pop? No, Iggy Pop. He, I, yeah. 
Iggy no, Pop Flea was is, on is, Star Trek. I know he was. Well, look, look it up. Iggy yeah. Pop was actually, a, and I think this was in what you left be, what we left behind too. Iggy Pop was like Irish Stephen Bear's favorite, and it was his dream to get Iggy Pop on Star Trek. Not quite. <laughs> uh, uh, Iggy Pop. I don't know if it was Iggy Pop's dream, um, but it was still an awesome cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. He was in. Oh, he Tom played Morello. Needle. I forgot. Flea played Needles in Back to the Future. How could I forget that? Oh yeah. Uh, Tom Morello was on an episode of Voyager. Who's Tom Morello? Oh, uh, oh man, I'm drawing a blank. He's um one of the. He's a he's a rock band. Um, shit. I'm actually drawing a blank now. I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Oh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh. Audio slip. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also tours with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. <laughs> Huge Star Trek fan. Let's see. I mean, Voyager had a lot of those little passing cameos. Um, this is true. Well, shoot, I I may have misspoke. Hey, my 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 mention of Flea was still valid because he was in Kenobi last week. Mm-hmm. But I do not think he was in Star Trek. Oh, okay. He was in. He was in. Was that? No. All right. I thought that was Scooby Doo. I thought he was <laughs> the new Scooby Doo in the late nineties. Even better, he was the he was Donnie in the 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 wild thornberries. Flea. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, we got Iggy Pop. We got Mick Fleetwood. Um, King, oh gosh, who was the guy that King, played the 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 ba- who was the basketball player that played the Klingon? James Worthy. Thank from, you. James Thank Worthy, you. most famous from the the nineteen eighties uh, Lakers, the arch yep. rivals of the. <laughs> Great third era Boston Celtics. James Worthy. On record as being the tallest Klingon. Yep. Uh, even even Worf looked up to him. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'd have to go back and look at those Captain's Log stories because I remember they they made sure he didn't talk because he just couldn't act. <laughs> Who, James Worthy? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, he was intimidating enough without having it. King oh. Abdullah II of Jordan, when he was That's right, Prince, in, uh, Enterprise, yeah. A fan of science fiction TV series Star Trek. And briefly <laughs> appeared in Star Trek Voyager episode Investigations in a non-speaking role. He smiled, though. <laughs> I remember that cameo. Here's a good reference. It's good to be the king. Yes. <laughs> Granted, he was a prince then, but I mean, real life political figure, um, crown prince of, of Jordan. Well, I will say um, any any real life political figure who is technically like a royal uh, who who loves Star Trek, that's OK by me. That that means that that country's probably in better hands. 
Uh, or, or, or are you just trying to get Prince Harry on uh, on Strange New Worlds? Nah, nah. <laughs> Harry, Harry, Harry decided to do what Harry decided to do. <laughs> a Vulcan's gonna do what a Vulcan's gonna do. So, but uh, all so, right. Can you name the only person who actually played themselves in an episode of Star Trek? Only one well, Stephen person, Hawking. Stephen Hawking, the only person to be able to play himself. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say Samuel Clemens. <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Stephen Hawking, a huge star twice. Trek fan. <laughs> uh, no, Einstein was closer to to modern Star Trek than Samuel Clemens was. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, famously, Stephen Hawking looks at the warp drive reactor and goes, I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Dude dude did a ton of cameos. He was in the Bang, Bang, Big Bang Theory like two or three times. Uh, Futurama twice. Um, you know, obviously, we see he's got a niche market, uh, but... I had the privilege to attend a guest lecture of his in L.A. Very cool. You would think that the lecture would be pre-typed for him, but no. No, he typed it all out in real time. So <laughs> it was it was an interesting nap I had. Well... <laughs> I mean, we've talked a lot about the people who showed up in Star Trek, and we'll bounce back to those as well. But Star Wars, particularly over the last few years, has gotten huge with the cameos. I mean... Yeah. Now, how look do we at all the whether they're Star at, Wars fans? Look at all the... Well, Brian Posehn. Yes, I can, well, I can go with Brian Posehn. Bill Burr, not a huge Star Wars fan, but... Love, love him, the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we need to see more of him, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up next year, because yeah, he was fun in the first year uh, in season one. Season two, that that fucking showdown he had it over, the, you know, in the dining facility. Yeah, that with the was Imperial amazing. officer. I didn't realize the son of a bitch could act. That was fucking comedians can awesome. act. <laughs> That's all part of their stick. They have to act. They have to emote. Yeah, he was, in the, he was in the, the booth at the Red Sox game last night. He's going to be Again? the first comedian <laughs> ever to uh, headline a show at Fenway Park later this summer. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, that would be way, great. At one point, somebody had, had edited his Wikipedia page for his, um, for his character from The Mandalorian. is from From Space Boston. Nice. <laughs> the harshest Boston accent in all of science fiction. <laughs> At least real one, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, Jason Sudeikis mm -hmm. in, in The Mandalorian. Who is he back and forthing with in that episode? Adam Pally, uh, who I think was maybe a new girl. One of those shows, yeah. Or, Adam Pally. 
Shoot. Happy Endings, maybe? Hallie. Oh, he was in Happy Endings. I've been rewatching that show. That's a good show. Yeah. So, I mean, Horatio, you had, like, literally the Book of Boba Fett and... Um, and the Mandalorian has has a fantastic comedic lineup. Uh, <laughs> shoot, who was Rosario Dawson? Was she a Star Wars fan? She is, I think, a Star Wars fan. And then somebody fan casted her on like Twitter as Ahsoka, and she lost it. She's like, "Oh my God, yes." Okay, so that so, worked out. Well, you saw was... her. Did you see the the? Did you watch the Star Wars uh, gallery for Book of Boba Fett? No. Oh wait, no, no. I you watched should. the under there, the helmet. There's a, there's a picture that that goes around. Uh, that goes around. It's it's her turning away from Mark Hamill and nerding out. <laughs> oh, he, here's one. Katie Sackhoff. Huge Star, Star Wars fan. Yep. Who got to have a very significant role in the Filoni-verse. This is true. This is true. And she's coming back this year. Stoked for that. When is that? When's the Mandalorian coming out? I think it's like January or February of next year, which is a Ugh. bit of a bummer. But I am stoked for season two of Bad Batch this fall. It, the um, the trailer looks fucking baller, dude. I haven't seen it. I just haven't been able to get caught up in the animation side of it. I know it's a huge Believe me, it's a huge part of the universe. I know. I just now you can't not watch it. I know. I know Otherwise, it's available you're everywhere. Gonna, you're not going to know half these characters now. <laughs> if you never watched any of the animated shit, you wouldn't have realized just how awesome it was seeing Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. No, nor Bo-Katan. Right. Nor Cad Bane. Oh, dude, I love that thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, shoot, dude. I mean, oh, here's one. Maybe not so much sci-fi, but Ed Sheeran in his superfluous Game of Thrones cameo. <laughs> it's, you know, science fiction fantasy. Yeah, that he, works. And he, don't forget, he's a huge, like, fantasy nerd. He he wrote the the ending song for uh, the Hobbit, um, the Desolation of Smog. Oh, did he? Yeah. Interesting. It's really good. He caught a um, lot of shit for that uh, that cameo on. Uh, well, it Game was of Thrones. Just, well, it was just so bald faced. It wasn't like you know the the uh, MLB pitcher Noah Syndergaard who's. Nickname is Thor because he's like this tall Nordic dude <laughs> with long hair. Or Aaron Rodgers, another guy with a beard and long hair who could blend in, you know, kind of as a, you know, an extra. Aaron Rodgers got to be an extra on Game of Thrones, was a huge Game of Thrones nerd. And a- after the end <laughs> of the series wrap, 
somebody asked him about, you know, the, the season finale of or the series finale, and he fucking went off. He's like, do you fit? Bran? Bran Stark? Really? There was like a dozen other characters. For us. Oh, it, it was pretty good. It was really good. I mean, obviously, huge fan of the show. Yeah. You know, so there was, there was a few that would sneak into them as well. Uh, which which is pretty cool when you think about it. You know, you're like, oh my god, I'm on the biggest TV show in the world, and I'm a huge fan of it. Oh, it what you can do TV when show. you're when yeah. you're rich and famous and powerful. Yeah, it Here's literally was Game of Thrones that caused me to actually pay for a premium cable and be the first family, first first person in my family to actually uh, pay for that. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I literally. Bought HBO in two consecutive years just to watch seasons seven and eight. Yeah. And then immediately yeah. get rid of it afterwards. Yeah, exactly. It was the only reason we, we would buy the DVD sets of all these shows on premium cable. Right. And then, and then it's like, well, what are we doing? Just. <laughs> so. And now I can't get rid of it. Cause hey, everything's look, all spread out. You know, uh, the, the the crazy part is, if either one of us had enough notoriety where we could actually get ourselves even a cameo, a background in Star Trek or Star Wars, you know we'd do it. Yeah. We'd do it. <laughs> and this is what I was lament of about to lament about. I mean, L.A. is not known for its public transportation, and rightly so. Holy crow, their bus system... I don't even know how it's used. They had a subway system that could take me out to uh, Hollywood, but then you'd have to still get over the hill. And I mean, all it's, you needed a car in the North Valley area, like <laughs> in North North Hollywood, Burbank. Oh, you're talking about trying to get it, get an extra job on one of the shows. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It, I mean, it would have been probably different if I went to NYU, but I didn't do that. So, <laughs> hey, whatever, man. I mean, there was some. Let's not forget uh, dumping back into some of the cameos where you have actual, you know, pioneers like Dr. May Jameson, who had a guest, you know, had a cameo as a transporter chief uh, yes, on the Enterprise. The, um, the first uh, African American female. Uh, woman in space mm -hmm. uh, you know a huge uh, you know a scientist a, a pioneer a, an activist and she of course much like Whoopi Goldberg was a huge fan of Nichelle Nichols growing up kind of influenced her into this plane and Nichelle Nichols having no appearances on any after Star Trek 6 went to the set of the next generation to be there for that Oh, that I is pretty that. fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was nice. I remember those photos. Oh, yeah. The behind-the-scenes stuff with some of these things are, are spectacular. All those fan magazines, like Starlog and stuff like that. I had Star no Trek idea. Communicator. Yeah, like... I really wish I had one of those. <laughs> Just, I mean... Obviously, they're all defunct now, 
and you just need Twitter. Right. But <laughs> um, that added a whole new dimension to that, the insight behind the scenes on that show. And when you read about the, the, the writers and stuff talking about those episodes that they wrote and directed back in the 90s, mm-hmm. you would think that Twitter existed then. With the way they talk about how the fans, talk, you know, backlashed about one thing or like really took to one, one other thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they, they think the first major uh, casting backlash from the fandom was when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman. Yes. 1988. And, and how was that projected? I have no idea. I, I mean, it was 1988. Letters, probably. Letters and phone calls and stuff. Protests. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty wild, man. I mean, but also, though, when you have as such deep and passionate fans, you know, you can there can be the fandom menace. But then you can also have, like, examples of, like, Mae Jameson, who was given inspiration by a TV show or, you know, somebody, being able to, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a guy who does not shy from putting his face in commercials on ads or anything. And he let himself be covered in, you know, dirty armor and, you know, with no actual real easy recognition just to be on his favorite TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, if you can do it, it's pretty wild. And and when you think about it, it's not just Star Trek and Star Wars and whatnot or Game of Thrones. It's Brian Cranston and Stephen Colbert both cameoed in Lord of the Rings or in the, the Hobbit movies. That I didn't know. Yeah. I don't they, really they watch those movies because they're not that great. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's like, and the Lord of the Rings were so great when they said, oh, we're doing The Hobbit. I'm sure these guys were like, holy shit, I'm a huge fan. Let me be in this. Yeah, well, everyone was like that. And then then I saw that they were going to make it into two movies. I'm like, oh, this is a bad thing. And then I, they made two it three movies, movies probably wouldn't have been bad to, you know. But you're right. Three, they overloaded it. But Whew. When you start um, thinking about, well, not just that, though, but... Um, I mean, look at all the superhero movies. People who well, want to be in those. You know, like... Matt he, Damon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I is, mean, that a, he, is that a cameo? I mean, yeah, I mean it's a cameo, but is it, like, did he want... I mean, it has to be a thing where he well, wanted to be... Everybody wants to be in a Marvel movie now just because they're big, they're successful, they're fun. Kirsten Dunst is practically begging to be back. Well, I mean, but they throw so many cameos in this. I mean, Elon Musk was in Iron Man too. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, these movies got to be so huge that people just want to be a part of them. Maybe yeah. they were huge fans, or maybe they were just, you know, like Nathan Fillion is like a huge comic book nerd. I think, right? Yes. He's, he's definitely big into the whole sci-fi. And superhero stuff. He's appeared as Green Lantern in several animated productions. Uh, he's been vigilante. I mean, he he loves it. So 
you know, and of course he'll cameo in any James Gunn production. True. Yeah. Well, well, well. Look what we look what the cat dragged in. Yeah. That that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you have all these people wanting to be in it. Maybe a huge fan, or or maybe not. But but Daniel Craig was one of the stormtroopers. First order stormtroopers. Right, and I have to wonder. It's like, did you did you, were you a Star Wars fan to do that, or did you just know that this is like a big phenomenon event, a cultural event? I think event? if you're going to let yourself be that covered up, you have to be a fan. Perhaps. Who was the guy wearing the ruby rose in Last Jedi that they were trying to go after? Eric, not Eric Stoltz. Oh my God, it wasn't Eric Stoltz. Um. You know who I'm talking about, right? Something in the, Roberts? In The Last Jedi? Yeah, because they were looking for the decryptor on the casino planet. Oh, yeah. What about it? That The guy wearing the, the ruby rose on his white jacket, he was oh. someone. And that was their target, and then they couldn't get him. Right, right. I think it might have been... Um... Wasn't Eric Roberts? No, it wasn't. Yeah, I want to say uh, it was interesting. Here, listen to this. Here, here you go, Justin Thoreau. Justin Matthew. Thoreau. Yep. Who you know, actor and filmmaker. But then you also have it's unbelievable all the cameos in this one. <laughs> you have, and I shit you not, listed on its page, you have Prince William and Prince Harry have cameos as stormtroopers. Oh, I remember that. Was this in The Last Jedi? This was The Last Jedi. Now, I wow, where does it say that? Do you know what scene it would have been? No, stormtroopers. Like I said, it's good to be the the crown princes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was uh was a uh had a cameo in Last Jedi. Yeah. (laughs) Ed Sheeran. Uh, was a was a stormtrooper in the Rise of Skywalker. There it is. Why am I not surprised? There it is. Okay. Lynn Manuel Miranda. Now, of course, some of these things look like they may or may not have been just <laughs> cross promotion. You know, Kevin Smith. True. I mean, we all know Kevin Smith is a huge. Uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, well, mostly Star Wars and, and superhero nerd. Yes. I believe he's actually written some superhero comic book, now that I think about it. But uh, it's it's pretty wild, you know? People just are dying to be in these things. Uh, the guy who played Al Seed in True Blood? Uh, 
you may know him as the guy, the really ripped, good-looking guy that played Dungeons and Dragons on Big Bang Theory. Who is like the dungeon master with all the other celebrities. With Bill nope. Shatner and no, you don't. <laughs> don't He's a that. big Dungeons and Dragons guy. And so he played, I don't know if this counts, on Star Wars Resistance. He was Axe Tagren. Well, I mean, there was plenty of cameos uh, and voice. I mean, uh, Brent Spiner was in Rebels. Uh, Sadig, uh, Alexander Sadig was a voice in uh, Bad Batch. So, I mean, that kind of goes back to a, an episode or two ago where we talked about uh, people crossing franchises. But the fandom gets so huge that people are literally dying for bit parts to be <laughs> covered in makeup or, or hiding in, in stormtrooper armor. Yeah, they just want to know that they're there. They just want to be there. Oh, is I got it, one. Is it because it might be one of the biggest movies in the world? Possibly. But is it also, you've got diehard fans who just want to be on the shows. You know, I mean, we we just rattled off a dozen, you know, like 10 people who wanted to be on Star Trek and got to be on Star Trek. Yeah. Robin Williams wanted to be on Star Trek, but it never worked out. Oh, for shame, too, by the way. Yeah. For I mean, shame. It, it's, it's just fun to see all these celebrities when, you know, and particularly earlier before, you know, nerd culture became so much more mainstream, when you'd see, like, a, a famous actor or musician or... You know, somebody say, you know what, you know, I'm going to take this bit role on Star Trek because I love Star Trek. (laughs) I grew up on Star Trek. Yeah. It's weird growing up with Star Trek the way I did. I always felt that it was such a neat show, niche, neat, niche show that it didn't. I also I grew up with it in hiding. Right. I mean, (laughs) I, I had to hide the books that I read. I had to put covers on them so that no one gave me shit for it, right? Right. Um, and it wasn't even until no one I dated knew I liked Star Trek until my future wife. Oh, yeah, like, that, that's one of those that you kind of, <laughs> you kind of downplayed. Yes, yes. Um, but I've heard that... that you know, TNG, Deep Space Nine, and, you know, Voyager and Enterprise to a le- much lesser degree, but it's there. These were legendary shows in Hollywood at the time. Utterly legendary. And, that, and for me, it didn't feel like that. Mm. Because I had to do it on the down low. Right. And only our small group of of friends would you really say would really understand it here's here's a couple of more cameos uh here's one gigantic sci-fi nerd adam scott got to be uh, oh in first contact he was the uh helmsman of the defiant now granted was that a job though 
it probably was a job for him, but he is an <laughs> unabashed nerd, so I'll go ahead and call it good. He is an unabashed nerd. He worships Luke Skywalker. Yep. He's a huge Star Trek, huge Star Wars nerd, which is outstanding. You know, um, this is a little tangential, but Gabrielle Union, actress and uh, you know wife of uh, former NBA superstar Dwayne uh, Dwayne Wade, she actually had a guest role early in her career on Deep Space Nine as a Klingon woman, but that was more for her family, who were huge Star Trek fans, which is huh. pretty. Interesting. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm going to look this up now. She was in everything, by the way. Who? Gabrielle Union. Yeah. Bring It On. Uh, the Wonderful World of Disney. Ten Things I Hate About You. Seventh Heaven. She's All That. Holy. Oh, God. yeah. She was Nagarin in D Space yep. Nine. Mm-hmm. And of course, it doesn't show which episode it is. Uh, why sons would it? And daughters. Sons and daughters. Yeah. Well, there you go. Oh, and of course, she was she was in Family Matters. Of course, she was. Our favorite show that was that that was not sci-fi but went sci-fi. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Jason Alexander guest starred on an episode of Voyager. And that's right as the the think tank. Yep. That was always always wanted to be on Star Trek. And of course, in the Brad Paisley video online, William Shatner plays his dad. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Ah, now here's a guy who should be who should get a cameo in, in something. Uh, Brad Paisley, gigantic sci-fi nerd. I can see that because he plays the guitar really flipping well. <laughs> well, you sci-fi nerd, you still you would occasionally see him wearing a, a Battlestar Galactica T-shirt. In fact, he was. They did a um, they did a celebrity panel. Uh, as they were getting ready to wrap up the Battlestar Galactica, and they had like a whole bunch of famous fans of the of the reboot. Brad Paisley was one. Jesse L. Martin was one. Uh, you know, so it was pretty neat to see that. You know, that kind of grew out of uh, you know had some niche fandom. But Paisley, you know, has William Shatner has had William Shatner in like a bunch of his music videos. Does he really? He's, I didn't yeah, realize huge, that. Huge sci-fi nerd. He was in the audience at the Shatner roast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. It was uh, pretty cool. He's a huge, huge sci-fi nerd. Would love to see him. You know, on you know, Strange New Worlds. I'd be stoked if Brad Paisley's <laughs> like. They come in and Christopher Pike is listening to him because, you know, like he was listening to some Brad Paisley while I was in his Montana cabin. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
I'm what? sorry, this is a detractor, but I just looked outside, and it is the largest hawk I have ever seen in my neighborhood. Mm. Hold on. Hold on. Interesting. I know. It's, it's a non sequitur. Oh, Brad Paisley was also a huge Game of Thrones fan as well. Good to be the king. It is good to be the king. Anyway, um, that is a big hawk. He's like he's like the tree is bending underneath himself. <laughs> um, Fair enough. So now here's where I I'm gonna divulge diverge a little bit because I don't know if any of these these guys were there for the paycheck or for the love of Stargate. Any of Stargate? the Star Trek alum. <laughs> you know, I would have to say, I mean, look at how many of them showed up on uh, the Orville. I mean, even Marina Sirtis and Tim Russ, Robert Picardo, they're all Star Trek regulars. They all ended up on, uh, on the Orville. Um, so it wasn't surprising. You told me there was a ton of Star Trek actors who showed up. And to be honest with you, it might very well have been easier for them to go into something in their niche where they would immediately gain credibility right. or even a coup for Stargate to get the, you know, these Star Trek, you know, icons to be on their show. I mean, look at what a coup it was for Babylon 5 to have Walter Koenig as a recurring character. John DeLancey played, uh, played a general. And in Stargate, I forgot about that. He had he had quite a few episodes where he was like a bad, he was a rogue general. Well, he does. And he play... never wore a uniform. He always wore a suit for some reason. I don't know why. That just <laughs> it was strikes like... me as John Delancey. Yeah, <laughs> he spends all of his time as Q putting on uniforms <laughs> yeah. that he didn't earn. So yeah, that that makes sense. I like that. Here's, here's Robert one. Picardo. When I know, I'll get to the, you'll get to that in one second. Robert Picardo, as soon as Voyager ended, he was heavily involved in SG One and and then later Atlantis. He was like the leader of the Atlantis expedition. Uh, well, that's good. Uh, dude, there's just so much. Um, Vanessa Williams. Oh yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. Shoot. I mean, I just rewatched that episode a few months ago after we talked about the oh. vacations and stuff. Ed Bagley <laughs> Jr. Oh, yeah. As the guy who stole all the 29th century technology was basically Steve Jobs. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Rain Wilson. All right. Yeah, I forgot about that. As the new, more malicious Harry Mud. Yeah. Um, he was okay, but maybe it should have been a different character because I, I mean, I liked what he was doing in that role, but not as Harry Mud. You know what I mean? Very true. I mean, I know we talked about um, 
The Rock, they were doing some cross promotion with the, the WWE and The Rock was just getting getting to be kind of a bigger name when he guest starred on Voyager. But The Big Show, Paul The Big Show White showing up on Enterprise is the ginormous uh, Orion Slave auctioneer. Oh my God, was he, is he a huge person? Just lifting to Paul up like he's an infant. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many great cameos by people who actually did want to be there. You know, when you think about it. And I, uh, I, I, <laughs> and, uh, oh. You know what? I think what we should do, I want to end this. I want to end this on a little article I found. Just some just some highlights. Um, because when you, when you you told me originally, like, fans that appeared on Star Trek, I'm sitting here going, well, does that mean celebrity fans or just regular fans? Well, you know, a couple... <laughs> was it, wasn't the lady who uh, saved Star Trek, didn't she get into like one of the movies i believe so yeah i believe so um but i came across this article titled i was an extra on star trek enterprise here's my story by james morehouse i think i might have read that you might have it's a recent article i was looking for an older one by a woman who won a sweepstakes he won an auction but she won Mm. a sweepstakes in the final season and she was talking about, and both their experiences are very similar. Um, basically, walking onto the set, I'd say it was a dream come true. Um, but everything is a dream come true. After my wardrobe fitting, hair, and makeup session on the Paramount lot, I was finally about to do something I'd literally been dreaming about my entire life. As I moved through the side door of stage 18, I was completely blown away by the first thing I saw, which was the bridge set. Can you imagine that? Just. Um, (laughs) Well, the the good thing was, is those Enterprise jumpsuits probably did a better job of hiding. Oh, yeah. uh, Stiffness than some of the TNG jumpsuits. Oh, my God. Yes. But I remember the the woman talking about how she was not she was not classic Hollywood fit, if you know what I mean, the classic Hollywood shape. And she was very insecure about this. And the staff was just fantastic with her. And they actually made her look great, according to her. Like like she was shocked with how how she was very happy with how it came out. The fitting and the camera were and everything. And I remember her. She's in the scene. I I think it's at the end of the third season where they're the entire the Enterprise is in a field, right? And and like you, it's all rose colored tinted on the inside of the, you know they're all walking around and they're all like it's on a time clock. Like they're in this radiation field and they have to hurry up and get stuff done. She's a blonde woman in engineering who wipes her brow away and walks past the camera. An does enterprise? This sound familiar? It was an enterprise, yeah. It doesn't, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, he talks about getting his name tag on his uniform. <laughs> he was a non-com. 
he was hoping for Lieutenant JG at the very least. But hey, <laughs> you know, if Miles O'Brien was non-com, that's okay with him. Um, he got to take pictures with Bob Blackman, the the costume designer from 1990 to 2005. Oh yeah, um, that guy fucking kicked ass. Mm-hmm. He was and the he, guy who helped redesign the uniform so it didn't kill Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he was in the episode. This is the episode Awakening with T'Pau. Oh. Uh, the three-episode arc with the Vulcans in yeah. season four. Uh, that was a good he arc. He actually says he cried. <laughs> uh, and then he met Rosario Briggs-Dawson. Biggs. I'm sorry, Roxanne Dawson. My bad. Roxanne Biggs Dawson. But Roxanne yeah, Biggs Roxanne Dawson. Dawson. Yeah. I think she My goes f- by Roxanne Dawson now. She yeah, she does. Uh so he met her. She he was like standing close to her and you know, she was looking at the 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 dailies and stuff and visibly getting annoyed with <laughs> this guy that was nearby. Mm-hmm. Until she was, she realized who he was. He was the auction winner, so they took photos and everything. I mean, he's literally describing everything that I would have done and been excited about. And it looks like the the crew and this the the cast and crew were completely accommodating. Oh, and he was the one at Tactical that set the ship to red alert. Very cool. Yeah, and he was told that Colin Colin Trenier, um Connor Trenier. Connor Trenier, you know what, whatever. You're right. I need to get it right. He pushes two buttons on the right, and he pushes one button on the left. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he was told he has to do that, because that's what he does. Um, and he's like, they did the rehearsal, and then they then came for filming. And as soon as he did that action, lights went out, red lights went on, and it, he was like, wow, did I really just do that? So, which you would feel the same way. Think about it. Just totally. put yourself in his shoes, you know? <laughs> totally. So, we did talk about people that I feel had this privilege to be able to kind of leverage themselves on, themselves on a beloved dream. Oh, which yeah. you and I would take full advantage of if we had such leverage. Oh, goodness. Um, goodness, yes. But uh, there's nothing, and there was nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's just another appreciation to see the scope of what, you know, how much sci-fi, how many different types of people sci-fi touches. You know what I mean? Well, it, it's all it what affects. it speaks to you, right? Right. What What about it? Does what about some of these shows is what speaks to you? Right. And you even, know, even at my most us. conservative parts in my life i was still fairly optimistic about the future so i mean it was hard not to want to see that it was hard not to want to beam on board a starship or get in an x-wing cockpit or fly or be Han Solo's co-pilot in the millennium falcon oh my god yes i mean who wouldn't want to do that to hold a lightsaber to wield Mjolnir, Captain America's shield, mm-hmm. to fly side by side with Superman, able to you know, <laughs> stop, you know, speeding trains. Yeah, I mean that—that's it, right? You know, your dreams r- realized. 
these these fantastical dreams realized. Right. Or for those of you who are, you know, fantasy, you know, become a wizard like Gandalf or Harry Potter or be the the chosen, <laughs> you know, the long lost king like Aragorn or the chosen one like Luke Skywalker. Or you could be the most important man in Starfleet history, like Miles O'Brien. <laughs> yes, the single most important man in Starfleet history. You are correct. <laughs> I mean, when, when you look up, when you think about it, when, when we look at some of the sci-fi that we've watched, I mean, which, okay. I'm going to ask you right now, which TV show, doesn't matter if you were like 12 or not even born yet when the show was on, which show would you have wanted to guest star on the most? Oh. B5, TNG, Stargate, oh Battlestar, The Mandalorian. Um, no, TNG. TNG all the way. I think I, I, yeah, I knew you were going there. Yeah, yeah. What would you Literally. have liked to have done? Be one of the rotating con officers, or the, or the, or one of the rotating transporter people, or a random yellow shirt that gets zapped on the way. <laughs> I didn't care actually. As a young, as a youngin', I had more grandiose thoughts that I would be like a guest character, you know, of course, or something. But in college, when I was actually in L.A., I had, you know, more realistic thoughts of being like a con officer for Voyager or or Enterprise or something like that when, you know, those shows were on the air. Um, yeah. But I never I just couldn't. I would never. have wanted to be on Deep Space Nine, particularly in one of those Dominion era, unif- Dominion War era uniforms. The gray, Mm -hmm. the battle gray and black. Maybe, maybe be in the tactical tactical position on board the Defiant. Yes. Maybe, maybe go toe to toe with the Klingon. Klingon. Yes, (laughs) Or on Enterprise, definitely Mako. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, back back when the Makos were on Enterprise, I was I was. Real fit, so those skin tight camo uniforms wouldn't have looked <laughs> They probably, they probably would have been too small in different ways. So, <laughs> let me put it to you this way, man. Uh, I would have loved to have gotten my hands even on the props of the their weapon systems. Oh, sure. They look so fucking badass. Yeah, they did. Um, well, or on you know on Deep Space Nine holding the first contact era. Phaser rifles and shit. Yeah, that's pretty sweet, too. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, you probably would have been Deep Space Nine. Battlestar would have been neat. Obviously, B5. I mean, who who wouldn't want to, you know, be one of Wesley Crusher's replacements uh, on Enterprise D? You know, just sit there. <laughs> Poor Slade Captain. Sit there in your fucking... Recliner, yeah, you know, your ergonomic <laughs> recliner with your with your elevated keyboard. Oh sure, <laughs> what offices yeah. look like now? 
I know. I know. And right? for the standing desk. Uh, <laughs> he got a chair in generations. I know. I would too. You know. <laughs> Worf, Worf was getting his ass thrown all over the Enterprise D. His knees weren't weren't holding up as well. No, no, they weren't. The, you know what? I heard that they raised the command chairs just so that they could hide the fact that there was the stool there behind the tactical line. Uh, well, I like for it. that for that set. So I thought well, it was I thought it was a good change, but you know. I mean, also, I would wouldn't you though love to also have been a Jedi or have a lightsaber <laughs> just in the scene? At the time, no, not if In Sync was going to be one of those Jedi. In <laughs> Sync, they were in Attack of the Clones, but their their parts were cut. Due to fan oh, outreach. Yeah, I think I heard about that. Because yeah, his daughter was a fan. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but still, I mean, but again, I would say, even now, thinking about it, I mean, would you have liked to have been, you know, even a red shirt on Kirk's Enterprise, knowing that you were going to get dude, blown up in a horrible way? <laughs> as soon as I found out that Anakin was going to be the age that he was in Attack of the Clones, who did you think? Who did you think I fantasized to be if I were to be cast in that that movie? I, figured you, I, th- I thought you were going to fantasize to be Padme. No. Funny. <laughs> close. That was close. And if, 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 if nothing else, we could but dream. So on that note, <laughs> on an episode of People Who Had Their Dreams Come True, and we talked about our dreams that have yet to come true yet i have to go up to toronto in order to try to make that happen but uh <laughs> doesn't picard uh, film in la uh, yeah that's all done it's all in the can already until jonathan franks gets his own show you know Riker is coming next we'll see we'll see <laughs> we'll see that's a discussion for or, another or day. In your, or in your uh, Captain Wharf show that you're so excited for. <laughs> no offense to Wharf, but it's nothing we haven't already seen. <laughs> anyway, on that note, despite you trying to have me be this this uh, Debbie Downer, you guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working. We'll see you on the high ground. Mr. McKay and Transmission. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alpha Sight Productions, produced by DT Cavman and PS McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin Cloud at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow PS McKay on Twitter at PS McKay, or go to thosesci-fi-guys.com for past episode information. <laughs>